Hi, everyone. This is Avash Kalra, one of the founders of Radio Rounds. Before today's episode begins, I just want to tell all the students listening today about an exciting new contest during the month of December 2011. The American Medical Association's MedPlus Advantage Insurance Program is teaming up with Radio Rounds and Timmy Global Health to bring you Take a Trip with Timmy. The winner will spend two to three weeks working with Timmy medical teams or partner organizations in either Ecuador or Guatemala. You can learn more at takeatripwithtimmy.com, and we'll tell you some more details about this exciting contest later in today's episode. Production made possible in part by MedPlus Advantage. You're listening to Radio Rounds, a talk show created and hosted by medical students, where today's stories are told by tomorrow's doctors. Coming up on today's show, we'll be speaking with a couple of medical students, one admissions committee member and one first-year student, about the ins, outs, and insider tips of the medical school admissions interview. Getting a leg up on the competition, right now, on Radio Rounds. Welcome to Radio Rounds. Welcome to Radio Rounds, everyone. I'm John Corker. And I'm Sam Roberto. We're glad you all could join us today, whether you're listening on the web or on the radio uh, or via our iTunes podcast sometime in the future. And I want to make a special welcome to Sam today. It's his first time hosting here on Radio Rounds. We're really happy to have him. And Sam is going to kind of fill a dual role for us today. He's going to be our second host, but he's also going to serve as our expert first-year medical student who just went through this interview process last year and offers some insight to that end. Uh, we're going to take a step back from our normal structure of, of the show and replace our, quote, featured guest interview with more of a roundtable discussion about what really are simple steps one can take to ensure success in the medical school interview. Right now, um, we're in the middle of the interviewing cycle where schools will typically offer interviews and bring students in and uh, take them through a series of different interviewers from about August till about March or April. And sometimes it can be a plus or minus a few months depending on how many spots they've already filled or if there's a wait list or not. The process basically involves pre-medical student um, having to apply uh, with their MCAT scores, so they've already taken this rigorous test, and then fill out uh, sometimes secondary applications, and then go to the school once they've received an offer to be interviewed. And in many cases, that will involve several different interviewers, um, sometimes just one or two, but it's definitely an element that you want to be prepared for, and you cannot blow this off uh, because really that's what will seal the deal. So we hope that this episode will help um, some of our passionate and empathetic uh, listeners um, to achieve their goal of getting into medical school and getting past this interview. And we're also joined in the studio today by second-year medical student Nick Huntress. Uh, Nick is on the Wright State University Boonshoff School of Medicine Admissions Committee, so he is actually in on the decisions that are being made about student applicants, whether or not they'll be offered, first of all, an interview, but also uh, an offer of admission. Uh, So, Nick, we just want to take a second to welcome you to the show as well. 
Thanks for having me, John. I'm really excited to be here. So we'll start with you, Nick. Uh, talk to us a little bit about, from the admissions committee standpoint, what goes into kind of that review of the primary application between that portion and if and when they're offered an interview. So uh, I am not actually on the portion of the committee that decides if people get interviews or not. But uh, from what I've gathered from my experience so far this year, everybody looks through, and myself included, when I do an interview with a, an applicant, look through their primary application, uh, look through their scores, their GPA, their experiences, um, their personal statement, all that. Um, I know at Rate right State we don't have any extra secondary application, but I would imagine other medical schools take a look at those essays as well. And from what I could gather uh, from the students I've seen in our application process, it really has just, I've seen a very broad spectrum. I've seen people with high scores, low scores, broad experiences, narrow experiences. Uh, so it kind of, they're looking for people that fit the mission of their medical school uh, to invite them for an interview. It really depends on what that medical school is looking for. So what you're saying is there's really no um, magic formula. You know, if I get this score exactly. and this GPA and these specific activities or leadership positions, I'm definitely going to get an interview. Right. That is not the case. Uh, uh, so my advice to all you pre-med students who have not gotten an interview, all those out there that are listening, is to really do some research on the schools you're applying to. Uh, look for one that fits what you're interested in, fits your personality, um, because schools are looking for applicants that are going to fit them as well. So uh, the better research you can do, the more maybe even selective you can be in that process, I think the better your chances are to actually achieve an interview uh, at a school. And Nick, what about those students who have already put in all their applications and are waiting for you know, that golden interview invitation, but haven't yet received one, do you think it could be helpful for them to start now doing some research and figure out which schools have I applied to that I really believe that I would be a good fit for, and then perhaps contact the school just to say, hey, I'm really interested. I learned this about your school. This is why I'm interested. You know, at this point in the process, could that help? I can't imagine it hurting. Uh, one of my good buddies that applied to, to medical school this year has sent even sent letters of intent to a school saying, you know, I'm really interested in your school specifically for these reasons, and if accepted, I will come um, because they want to extend applications to students that will come. Absolutely, and and uh, full disclosure, I used to work on an undergraduate admissions committee uh, where I went to, to to undergrad. That was my job for my first two years out of college, and Nick's absolutely right. Any admissions committee to any school at whatever level wants to extend offers of admission to students that they think will accept that offer. Uh, so that's certainly not encouraging any of our listeners to tell every school that they definitely want to go there. But if there is a school or two uh, for which a student feels like they would be a great fit, they should verbalize that feeling to the schools because it can only help them in the process. Uh, now, that being said, again, to you, Nick, uh, you know, we've talked about the importance of this interview, but is receiving an interview invitation a success in and of itself? Uh, should it be looked at as kind of a formality to admission, or you know, how does it fit into that the process of actually being extended an invitation to come to the school? Really, the interview is what stands out. So it's kind of like you get over the hump, you get an interview. Now there's another hump to get over, and that is the interview. There's another way that you can distinguish yourself from the other applicants. 
Um, so I think preparation for your interview, uh, it should not be a formality that you just blow off. You know, just the other week I had, I interviewed two students and one, they, they were both fine interviews, but one just was so much more distinct. It seemed that they were so much more prepared and enthused to share who they are and really express that to me. Uh, and that really just went a long way um, and really just colored my, my view of, of both those applicants. So I think the interview should not at all be minimized. Um, really do your homework, really prepare, uh, and really just look to, look to show them who you are because that's what they want to see. Can you maybe put some general numbers on it in terms of at least at, at, here at Wright State about how many students are offered interviews and then from that group, how many end up getting offered admission? The last time I looked at the numbers uh, they gave them to us forever last year, I believe, uh, there was somewhere around 600 maybe uh, interviews given out at Wright State, and I think 283 acceptances. Um, obviously, there's the class size is only 100 and some, which means that some people that were accepted went elsewhere. But looking at those numbers, that's almost half of the people that are interviewed get accepted. You know, you look at your odds, if you're in the interview process, depending on the school, there's, I mean, you had 50-50 chance of getting in. I mean, that's, again, to stress the importance of the interview, you really want to distinguish yourself once you get there, because it's a big deal to get there. Sure. Yeah, and I'd just like to add something here, too. What happens if you interview and you're not offered an acceptance right away is usually you'll be placed on the wait list depending on how you stack up compared to the other interview ratings. And this is not at all a cause for discouragement because a lot of medical schools will still have a decent turnover rate on their wait list where they offer more acceptances than they have class spots. So this is what happened uh, with Wright State in many cases where even though their class size is only 105 or 106 students, they'll offer more acceptances and a student will you know, find that it's not a good school for them, it's not a good fit, or they'll go somewhere else. And so they'll have to reopen that spot to someone who's placed on the wait list. And they'll make this wait list um, typically with an upper third, a middle third, and a bottom third, and they'll compare scores from the interview and how they rate your application as a whole. And, you know, depending on where you are, you're just you're a shoo-in from the top of the wait list next in line to get that acceptance offer. Uh, just one more thing to add to that, and Sam is, Sam is definitely right. Um, I know a number of my classmates that have come in and been accepted off the wait list, so definitely don't be discouraged if you are waitlisted. There's still definitely a good chance. Um, but if anything you could take away from my biggest advice would be to applicants uh, in the interview process, in the application process in general, is the earlier your application gets seen by deans, by people at the school, really the better your chances are. It really is kind of a first-come, first-serve uh, basis um, as far as things go. So that would, that would be my biggest uh, advice to people listening right now. So get your applications in early, and then if and when you're offered that interview, prepare well. So that leads to my next question for you two, really either of our guests today. What are some kind of concrete tips that you can offer our listeners as to how to best prepare for an interview? Well, there are a couple of different ways that you could go about this, and it really depends on what you're comfortable with and how you feel you best prepare for something that's important, like a job interview even. What I did is I typed out some of my answers and some of my talking points that I thought were really important, that best represented my character, and it also really helps to 
to dress up and to talk with a with another person, um, maybe a friend or maybe a faculty who's willing to lend their time, say at your undergrad, say, hey, would you take uh, a few minutes and just sit down and talk with me, go through some questions, so you can get in the mindset of this is it, this really matters, I need to be professional, calm, collected, and represent myself as best I can. There's a number of different sites on, on the internet you can go to say, you know, what questions get asked at interviews, and like Sam said, Really, you want to put your best foot forward. You want to show them through every question who you are, what makes you distinct, who who you are as a person, because that's what that's what the interview is designed to do. You want to be enthusiastic and genuine about who you are and make them excited about who you are as well. One bad thing uh, that can happen from going and combing the student doctor forums and all of these websites and FAQs is you memorize the questions that they ask, you come up with your rote responses, and then you bring that forth on interview day. An interviewer can tell when you're coming up with rote responses. with It's just memorized and it's rehearsed if it's not you. The, the first cycle that I went through when I interviewed and did not get accepted to med school, I actually had spent more time on questions that were commonly asked and good responses to them, or even trying to come up with my own rehearsed responses. But it wasn't really me. It wasn't really my heart and my passion coming across in those questions. It was what I think they'd like to hear. And there's something to be said for presenting yourself well and trying to be authentic, but also in a very positive way that the interviewer is going to like. I mean, you don't want to kind of shoot yourself in the foot and not rehearse at all. But the second time around, I really didn't spend so much time worrying about what kind of questions they were going to ask. I came up with the points that I really wanted to talk about and make sure that I got those in somehow. And then whatever they would ask me, just being calm and collected with them and being authentic. So we've talked a lot about preparation at this point. Let's talk about game day. Let's talk about the day of the interview. So kind of a two-part question here. Uh, Nick, maybe you can comment to us, at least as regards Wright State, how is the actual day of the interview set up? And then once they get to that sit down with a faculty member or even a student interviewer, what are they looking for on that interview day? They come and there's food prepared. There's a couple second-year med students that are there uh, dressed in their white coats. They take them around campus. They take them around uh, our medical school building, White Hall, and they just talk to them, answer any questions, interact, share their perspective on why they love their school, what makes their school special, what makes you know Wright State significant to them, why they like it, why they came here. Um, so during that whole process, um, as well, uh, our deans will sit down with them and welcome them to the school, talk a little bit about you know some of the stats of our school. They actually, uh, at Wright State, I know they actually get fitted for their white coats on interview day. I know that's not something that maybe is done at a bunch of other med schools, but they actually fit them for their white coat, kind of getting them prepared for if they are to be accepted to Wright State. Uh, and then after all of that, uh, just mingle with each other for a while and kind of wait for uh, they get scheduled two interviewers, uh, two hour-long interview spots. Um, as far as what happens once you get into the interview, from my perspective, I like to just go through the application myself, pick out a few things that really stuck out to me, and talk to them about it. I want to hear about 
the most meaningful things. There's a new thing on the uh, that I've seen on the the application. What is the most meaningful experience? And they get to pick a few things. I want to hear about those. I want to hear about why they're meaningful. I want to hear about their journey. What got them to them sitting in front of me right there? What started their passion to want to get into medicine? What? Why they choose their undergrad? Why they choose their major? You know, there's a bad grade, a bad score. You know, something, some road you know, block it along the way. I want to hear what happened. You know, I want to see the person on paper come to life. And I want to, I want to see that they have depth, sincerity, authenticity, like Sam said, and really see that they can express themselves well. They can think uh, logically and critically about questions that I have for them. I don't just, you know, like Sam, I don't want a cookie cutter answer. Uh, I don't want to, I love just being able to sit and have the hour just fly by because we're in constant conversation. That's that's what I'm looking for in an interview in a good interview. I want them to be enthusiastic that they're there. For me, that's the best way I can get a picture of a person is by sitting and talking with them, not sitting and hearing them answer questions. That's definitely a critical part of that, and I definitely have questions that I ask to see can you when put on the spot come together with a coherent, logical, and, you know, great response to a question when given no prompting. And honestly, there are some things that need to be there. For gentlemen, one of those would be a sport coat and a tie. Uh, make sure that there's no wrinkles, you know, in your in your overall appearance. For the ladies, a skirt of acceptable length um, around the knee, just below the knee, uh, or or a pair of dress slacks would be fine, and a blouse. And and wear a belt. Uh, you know, I I know that I'm kind of in, host number one in the interviewer today, but. I went to a few interviews myself, and I, I met a young man who was a very nice young man, uh, but show, showed up with no belt on, and um, that did not work well in his favor. Uh, he had a good reason. One had broken, but I'm fairly certain that he has friends with belts, and, um, you know, everybody <laughs> has a belt, so. Uh, it's just, it's another one of those things that needs to be there. It's going to raise a flag. Correct. Socks, you know. Mm. Um, deodorant if possible, shower before you go. The basics. Making sure they all match. Right. There you go. Um, So what are some red flags, Nick, uh, for an interviewer if they're in this hour-long conversation with a student and maybe all is going well, but then something comes up, the interviewee says something that's just, boom, red flag, bad news. What are are some bad things that can happen for an interviewee on, on that day? Just a lack of, again, a lack of enthusiasm. If I'm sitting and kind of like on the edge of my seat, like, oh, this is, you know, it's going by so slowly and I'm kind of watching, looking at my watch and it's only been 20 minutes, that's kind of a bad sign to me because it doesn't seem that they're interested enough in the school, interested enough in wanting to share who they are. And that, that to me is a red flag of, you know, this is your shot to impress me. I'm not here to impress you. You know, this is your chance to show me who you are, and you're not really taking advantage of that. Uh, so again, to go back to preparation and you know, just level of enthusiasm. Get a good night's sleep before the night of your interview. You know, you don't want to be tired. And you know, I know interview day can be a long day, long stressful day because you're sitting and waiting and waiting for that. You know, those interviews. That that I know for me is a red flag. Um, I think as far as applications go, people on committees are understanding. Uh, at least I know uh, the committee at Wright State, understanding of uh, poor academic performance for period. Uh, But what they are looking for is, okay, you had a poor year, you had a rough start, you know, you made a few bad decisions. 
what have you done since then to show, no, I have, I can do it. I can perform academically. I can succeed in medical school because it's a long, very arduous process to go, once you've gotten into medical school, to go through it uh, academically, uh, emotionally, mentally, all those things. So I know a lot of things, you know, so let's say someone does not have a great undergraduate uh, performance in there, but they really want to go to medical school. Then they go out and they get a graduate degree and they say, they say, hey, I can do this. I can perform to the degree that will help me succeed in medical school. If it's not there, it's a red flag. But if it is there, it's like, okay, you know, we can disregard the previous because they've gone out since then and done something to prove themselves. So for our pre-med uh, listeners out there, if you make a mistake or you ha- in, in a class or you don't fit with a professor or maybe even you have a particularly rough semester for personal reasons, that's not the end of the game. Sam, for you here, was there anything about your uh, medical school admissions process that surprised you? Anything that you were asked about from your application that surprised you um, that you wish you would have known was going to come? Uh, there were a couple interesting questions uh, that I remember. One was about ethical and moral dilemmas that I've had and how did I handle them. And to be honest, I didn't have one off the top of my head that was, you know, something really pressing, something really deep and that would obviously show my true colors. You know, I mean, something like that. I I didn't have anything lined up that I could talk about. So, you know, I just, I hypothesized, I kind of I turned it around and said, okay, well, this is a situation that I could easily have been in, and this is how I would be thinking about it, and this is what I would do. And so I, I turned it around and, and tried to help the interviewer see this is how I would be thinking and this is how I would approach this kind of dilemma, even though I haven't had something particularly in my life that I could point to off the top of my head. So that question surprised you. What's the weirdest question you've ever been asked at an interview? <laughs> uh, well, the two that I can remember were, if I could have dinner with three people from history, who would they be and why? And the second question was, if I was an animal, what would I be and why? And I actually have some interesting feedback on that last question. I put a lot of thought into it. It caught me off guard, and I, I simply responded by, can I have a minute to think about that? So I did. And I said, I would be a katotter. I would be a mix between a cat and an otter. And I, and I just described it for her. Uh, you know, cats are resourceful and intelligent and a little bit aloof, self-starters, and otters are playful, spontaneous. And I, I would be good at navigating in the sea as well as on the land. <laughs> and, and, you know, it helped to break the tension. You know, it, it gave us a laugh. And she said, I'm, I'm really impressed. I'm thankful that you put a lot of thought into that. Because it's an easy question for a lot of interviewees to blow off. And she said, I've recently had questions like, if I would be a dragon so I could breathe fire on people. Or I would be an eagle so that I could fly and be rare. And, it's, and, and she was like, to me, that doesn't demonstrate a lot of depth. So if you can take even a, an odd question like that and turn it around and show some creativity and some imagination, that can only work in your favor. Nick, as an interviewer... What's maybe a question that you maybe not try and catch students on, uh, but you use it as kind of a litmus test to see what what really do they have here? One question I do, I have asked a few applicants just to see, you know, where they're at as far as personal, like how they balance their life. I ask them, you know, so I put them in a scenario, it's 10 o'clock the night before a medical school test. 
you're studying, you get a call from one of your close friends saying, hey, man, I would really like to grab a cup of coffee with you. What do you do? What do you tell them and why? And I'm really looking for, you know, if they, have, if they need to study, that's great too. But I want to see why do they need to study? What are they going to tell their friend? If they say, yeah, I'll go to coffee, why are you going to go to coffee? Are you going to go because you don't want to study? Or are you going to go because you put relationships before your study sometimes? You know, So I, I use questions like that to see, you know, it's not necessarily the answer I'm looking for. You know, there's a right and wrong answer. It's a, can you rationalize it? Why? Why do you do these things? And if people can give me a good answer, I'm really happy with, with those kind of responses. And another interesting uh, bit of feedback from the dean of admissions at our school, at the Boonchoff School of Medicine, um, Dr. Leroy, he was giving some feedback on questions and how to bring your resourcefulness across um, in a very short amount of time. And one of the questions that he likes to ask students is he, he uses the analogy of a bus or a train and says – you know, this medical school train, it's got a limited number of spots and there's five spots left. And there are five to 10 applicants that are exactly like you, your same MCAT score. They've done your same experiences. They've got the same research and and volunteered in the same ways. Why you? You have 30 seconds. And it's, you know, it's, it's a real challenge to, to respond to that on the fly and say, well, if you accept me into your medical school, I can make an exponential increase, et cetera, you know, by training others and teaching others in, in healthcare and really coming up with a way to elevate yourself above the other candidates who have the same scores, who have equally as diverse experiences. So why you? A question for all of our listeners uh, to kind of meditate on or ponder, prepare for when they're getting ready for the all-important medical school interview. I just want to thank both of you for joining us in studio today. It's been a real pleasure to hear from our resident experts, Nick and Sam. Thanks, John. It's been a great time. Yeah, and thanks, Nick and John, for the privilege of being on here and, and talking this out with you guys. Next week on Radio Rounds, be sure to tune in for our Season 6 finale, as our featured guest will be the Dr. Patch Adams, founder of the famed Gesundheit Institute, (laughs) an inspiration for the 1998 feature film Patch Adams, starring Robin Williams. Uh, Look forward to that next week on Radio Rounds. You can tune in every Sunday at noon Eastern Time on WWSU at 106.9 FM, and Sundays at midnight Eastern Time on WYSO 91.3 FM. And of course, you can always listen live on RadioRounds.org. Also on our website, be sure to check out this week's Writing Rounds segment. Writing Rounds is a place for any of our listeners and contributors to provide their own opinions on medicine and healthcare. You can contact our team at Radio Rounds via email, like us on Facebook, and follow us on Twitter. All that information is on RadioRounds.org, where you can now listen to all past episodes on demand. These podcasts are also available as free downloads on iTunes. Just search the iTunes store for Radio Rounds. Is an application to medical school in your future? Learn tips for the admission success in the new second edition of the Student Doctor Network Medical School Admissions Guide, available now in paperback and electronic formats through the SDN Bookstore at studentdoctor.net. The American Medical Association's MedPlus Advantage Insurance Program is teaming up with Radio Rounds and Timmy Global Health to bring you 
Take a Trip with Timmy, an essay and video contest for interested students. The winner will spend two to three weeks working with Timmy Global Health medical teams and Timmy partner organizations in either Ecuador or Guatemala. As part of the prize package, the winning student will receive a free iPad 2 and digital underwater GPS camera. They'll also have an opportunity to blog each day about healthcare in the developing world while in their country. Submissions will be accepted in December 2011, and the winner will be selected and notified in early 2012. Stay tuned for more rules and details, and in the meantime, you can always check out more at www.takeatripwithtimmy.com. Thanks as well to our entire hardworking staff here at Radio Rounds, and of course, thanks to all of you out there listening. Please remember that the views and opinions expressed on Radio Rounds are not representative of the views and opinions of the partners of Radio Rounds or of the Wright State University Boonshoff School of Medicine. Join us next week or download our next podcast, and be sure to check out RadioRounds.org for more info. Have a great week, everyone, and thanks for tuning in. For our entire staff here at Radio Rounds, I'm John Corker. And I'm Sam Roberto. And one day, we'll, we'll be, be your doctors. doctors. Here come the Radio Welcome to Radio Rounds.